This episode of I'm Horrified is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Go to audibletrial.com horrified to get your free audiobook and start listening. It's that easy. Right now, I'm listening to Going Clear by Lawrence Wright, which pairs perfectly with our Scientology segment in episode six. And I'm listening to The Rogue Not Taken by Sarah McLean, a sizzling romance novel for those who enjoyed episode 49. So head to audibletrial.com slash horrified to start your free trial now. Happy listening! Fuck it up, Kenna! Hello, everyone. Hi, listeners. Oh, we took a week off. We're feeling refreshed. I actually feel worse than ever, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was just trying to put a brave face on. That week did nothing. <laughs> but um, as we promised last episode, we're in mouse panic right now. Mm. Mouse panic. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about mice and the mouse, uh, and I hate all of it. You hate all of it? No. I only real I I hate one of it enough for two. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're gonna find out which one that is. Sam, what are you gonna talk about today? I'm gonna talk about mice, and I'm so scared of them. Mm. And what are you gonna talk about today, Allie? I'm gonna talk about Disney World conspiracies. Ooh, love that. Um, are we talking about Walt's head? We're gonna talk a little bit about Walt's head. Nice. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, the turkey legs at Disney World. Oh, I've heard this as well. And then we're going to talk about my own fear of grappling with adulthood. Love that. And uh, Sam, what are we uh, What are we having as a little podcast treat today? Oh my god. What did I make for you? Allie made me truly one of the greatest <laughs> gifts. So um, one time Allie came back from Disney World, and by one time I mean about three weeks ago. We told them about this. Yeah. How I'm kind of losing it. Well, but, we'll talk about it But more. you were like, and one of the best parts is the Dole Whips. And I was like, what is a Dole Whip? And you said, you've never had a Dole Whip. And I said, <laughs> exactly no, how I said it. I'm not familiar with a Dole Whip at all. Um, Disney bros out there get it. So it's, so she, she found out how to just make them. And they're basically made of like pineapple and coconut milk and I think clouds. I think the pure air I around mean, us. I mean, here's how you do it. I said last time, I'm slowly losing my grip on reality. Mm-hmm. So I have been... Apologies if I'm not talking. I'm actively drinking a Dole Whip. No, every time you hear like... <laughs> <laughs> just know that we're enjoying a tropical treat. But I'll talk about it a little more that I'm I'm losing it. I'm totally fully losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned how to make Dole Whips to try to transport myself back to a time when I wasn't wildly depressed mm-hmm. and um is it working no well, um more dole whips <laughs> more dole whips but all it is is it's a cup of frozen pineapple nice a third of a cup of coconut milk delicious tablespoon of sugar mm. little splash of lemon juice wow put that bitch in a food processor and you're in business how oh and it's so guys it's so delicious it's insanely good it tastes like it's cream like it's it tastes really like it's ice good. cream yeah but it's vegan it's really, really, I just can't under-explain how good it is. It's really, really good. Yeah. And it's better at Disney. I can't believe that's true. But then again, everything's better at Disney and so is my life. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. We're going to get there. Why are we jumping the gun? Yeah. Let's talk about, um, uh... My problems. M- your problems. <laughs> mice problems. Right now we're in the mouse house because we've seen the same mouse in this house. God, I hope he's the same mouse. Like five times. Or we've seen five different shifty mouses. Mice. 
we've named the one that we think it is, Kenneth. We call him Kenneth because of that quote, fuck it up, Kenneth. Fuck it up, Kenneth. <laughs> and he is. He's <laughs> fucking he's, it up. He's really fucking it up. And um, by it, I mean my life. So tell me what you have to tell me, Sam. Yeah. So hi, you guys. Um, So something that really icks me out in the world uh, is mice. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Well, so you're going to laugh at this and be like, this isn't true, but stick with me. I consider myself in a crisis an okay person to have around. You're right. I am going to laugh at that. Shut up. No, you're right. You're right. No, you I'm are not, right. I'm not saying that I'm an emergency responder, but I'm saying that my level of anxiety is always so high that in a crisis, I'm already at the right threat level. It does take a dip, I think. Also, you're like, yeah. if other people are in crisis, you do jump into action a little bit more. Yeah. I, I feel like if someone else is crying, I'm not crying. Yeah. I, if someone is screaming, I'm not screaming. You yeah. know what I You're mean? You're not great at jumping into action for yourself. Never. Um, but for others. But for others, you're excellent at it. Um, a crisis uh, that really sets me off, though, is when there's a mouse in my house. I cannot deal with it. I cannot do it. Um, you shut down. One time I saw a mouse and I just screamed out loud and immediately started sobbing. And then Becky's boyfriend, Sean, had to come into my room and be like, are you being murdered? Like, that's how upset I was. And you said yes. <laughs> and I said, it feels like yes. Uh, and I wasn't always like this. Um, but, and I'm truly not sure if I told this story on the podcast or if I cut it out of the podcast episode when I told it. One time I was awoken at 2 a.m. by three mice that were crawling around the place I was sleeping. And then I went to the bathroom to pee and there was a fourth mouse. So, like, that was a traumatic evening. Really? It wasn't that bad before that. It really wasn't. Wow. It really wasn't. I remember you were fucked up for weeks after that. I really was. I really, it was bad, you guys. Um, I did compare it to going through... Um, a war-like experience. I'm not saying... Which we gently corrected. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like I've been through my own Vietnam. But what I'm saying is, it really fucked me up. Right. So take, make of that is what you will. Right. But I still get pretty upset about it. Yeah, tweet at us how you feel about that comparison. <laughs> That's bad. No, it's not that bad, but I it just really got to me. I don't know what it is. Um, I actually think it's it's partially related to my other big irrational fear, which is ghosts. Which I've never understood. I'm very afraid of ghosts. I have never gotten this ever. Show me, like, a real murderer, not scary, ghosts, I freak out. I think that it's because it's like there's something in your house that can get to you no matter what that you didn't realize was there living alongside you until, like, boo, it just pops up. I think that's the common thread between mice and ghosts and why I'm so scared of them. But then bring that to its natural conclusion. Like, a murderer murders you. But he, right? He, but I'm going to hear him coming. What if you don't? I will. What about a zombie? What about, like, a... Zombies I'll definitely hear coming. No. Wh- wrong. I think... Wait. I'm thinking about, like, a corporeal threat. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not scarier to you than, like, a translucent guy? Or are you imagining him differently? I'm imagining him as translucent, but I'm just imagining him as he can get to me no matter where I am. But then what happens when he gets to you? He scares me really bad. I don't uh, know. And then what hap- And then what does he do? Does he take your fucking arms off? I think I die. I think he kills me. How does he do that? Or he just keeps scaring me. It's like nearly headless Nick, like, tries to, like, shake somebody's hand and it doesn't, it doesn't work. But I don't think all ghosts are, like, nearly headless Nick. He's not my model for ghosts. This is what I see. 
My model for ghosts is the 2013 uh, <laughs> Jessica Chastain movie, Mama. Oh my god, you're so scared of that movie. That <laughs> I seems really so am. dumb. It's the only horror movie I've ever been forced to see. So, this is what I'm seeing. You're, you know, looking out over your balcony, and then you come back into a darkly lit abode, and you're readying yourself for bed, maybe, like, <laughs> putting on some translucent powder. I'm imagining this in about, roughly, 1870. Yeah, I've got a ro- um, those robes with big sleeves. And... You start hearing, like, creaky noises, things are happening, like, cuckoo, cuckoo, like, things are obviously setting the stage for a ghost, and then you, like, look at yourself in a mirror, and you're like, there's nothing behind me, and then you close the mirror a little bit further, and you see it, and it's behind you, and you turn around, and you're screaming, and you're screaming, and you're screaming, and it's coming towards you, and it's coming towards you, and then it's at you. And then what happens? It kills you. No, it doesn't kill you. How would it kill you? In many scary movies, ghosts can kill. No, those are corporeal, though. But I think ghosts, in in horror movies, this is not what this episode's about. In horror <laughs> movies... I just don't get I refuse can, to get it. Ghosts can choose when they're corporeal and when they're not. Okay, fine. You're or, saying it's going to become corporeal... Yes. ...and murder you then. Yeah. I'm a little more on board with it. Or just stalk me forever and keep scaring me. It doesn't kill me, it toys with me. Like, it follows? Yeah. Then you can just have sex with somebody. Well, I've and tried. And make sure that they I've don't get killed. I've tried that, it hasn't worked. Well, <laughs> you gotta spread the seed a little bit, so to speak. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> what are we talking about, mice? We're talking about mice. Okay. So. I need a new straw. I love turtles and everything, but paper straws are bullshit. Yeah, I just took a big dull Whip break. Okay. We're back to mice. Is my fear of mice irrational? Maybe not. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Mm. Mice are bad, and I'm going to make you feel bad. So, some of the dangers of a mouse in your house. Mm. Mice in your house. Mice in your house. Nope. <laughs> I'm trying. Include, number one, contamination of your food and Mouse your next to your spouse. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one just came to me. <laughs> uh, no, I like that one. Um, a danger of a mouse in your house is contamination of your food... And all your surfaces from mice, like, urine and droppings. They want to eat your food, and then they want to poop it out. And then when they poop it out, it ruins your stuff. Um, They ruin million dollars, millions of dollars of food each year. And maybe you don't even notice that, like... Because it just nibbles on a little... Because it just nibbles. That's one of my least favorite things to find, is, like, a snack pouch. And then you realize just the corner's been nibbled, and you know that something was eating your stuff, and you didn't even know. But did it get all the way in? Yeah, probably... You don't know. You can see a hole. I'm sorry. Yes, that's fair enough. So mice nibbling on your goodies is also going to lead to my second bullet point. Mice spread bacteria and harmful diseases. That one I knew, yeah. Mice have the ability to spread 11 different diseases to humans. 11 of them? And I'm going to give you a top three. Oh. I love a bulleted list. Number one, the Sinombre hantavirus. That sounds made up. Um, Sinombre does sound like, uh, it just reminded me of the villain in the first few seasons of Jane the Virgin's Sinrostro. Yes! I don't remember <laughs> if anyone else remembers the early Jane the Virgin seasons. So, um, people can get infected with hantavirus through several routes, but rodent infestation in and around the home is the primary way that humans get this. Yikes. Uh, and it's mostly transmitted through rodent urine droppings and nesting materials. And then you accidentally, like, eat a Pop-Tart that a mouse also ate some of. Gross. And now you have hantavirus. Um, which is no fun. 
So typically, these symptoms of hantavirus start developing between one and five weeks after your exposure, and uh, eventually it progresses to hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, HPS, which is a severe respiratory disease and can be fatal. Yikes. So you can fully die from a mouse in your house. Mouse house. Mouse near your spouse. Mouse near your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's serious. And when you have hantavirus, um, you are experiencing fatigue, fever, and muscle aches in your thighs, hips, and back. And you are also experiencing headaches, dizziness, chills, abdominal complaints, such as nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Uh, It has a mortality rate, this disease, of 38%. Whoa, fuck. Which is so high. Oh, now I'm thinking about Kenneth. Get out of here, Kenneth. You're fucking it up, Kenneth. Fuck it up, Kenneth. Um, here's another fun fact about hantavirus. There's no treatment, cure, or vaccine for it. So if... Good. If the symptoms get recognized early enough, you can get, like, checked into an intensive care unit and maybe get rid of it. But ultimately, like, you're going to need a ventilator. You're going to be needing oxygen therapy. Like, just Mm. this crazy shit. And then still there's a good chance you die. Thanks a lot, Kenneth. Bullet point number two, lymphotic choreomeningitis. So many big words. So, uh, the primary host of lymphotic choreomeningitis, I'm just going to call it uh, LCMV, because that's how the internet was abbreviating it for me. Call it Coco. <laughs> for choreomeningitis. Yeah. Just like the movie we were watching when I saw Kenneth the other day. Yeah, we, I made us all watch Coco because it was my birthday and because I have a problem. With, this really is, again, a combination of this episode, Disney and Mice. We saw the mouse when we were watching it. Yeah, I saw him. All right, that's what we'll call it. Kenneth. So, um, the primary host of this disease is the common house mouse. Exactly what fucking Kenneth is. (laughs) House mouse. (laughs) (laughs) The house of mouse. Um, It's estimated that 5% of all house mice throughout the United States carry this disease, Coco, and they're able to transmit the virus to both humans and other rodents, such as hamsters. Um, so if oh, you have hello. a hamster and there's a mouse in your house, it can give it a disease, which sucks. Because they made out, maybe? I mean, I I don't want to slut shame your hamster, but maybe. I don't know. If I know your hamster. <laughs> so um, you kind of get it the same way that you would get hantavirus. And there's two phases of the infection. The first is a lot of nonspecific symptoms like fever, malaise, lack of appetite, muscle aches. Headaches, nausea, vomiting, your classic symptoms. I thought malaise was just like a literary device (laughs) rather than a symptom. I thought malaise was just what I experience in my everyday life. Yeah. Um, But then there's the second phase of the illness, which is a literal neurological disease. Mm. So you have like full meningitis, uh, encephalitis, which includes like drowsiness, confusion, sensory disturbances, and some paralysis. Or you can have inflammation of your brain. That's serious. Yeah, that's bad when your brain when your brain inflames. Inflame in the membrane. <laughs> Inflame in the brain. <laughs> did you just come up with that? Yeah, I did. That was a good one. I want to check your notes to make sure you No, she did. Know, she came yeah. up with that. I just came up with that now. Um so most patients who develop this disease do survive, but they have permanent neurological damage um after they recover. That's terrifying. So yeah, no fun. And women who get infected with this during pregnancy can pass the infection along to the fetus. And if you are infected during the first trimester, 
um, it can result in fetal death and pregnancy termination, which... That's sad. Very sad if you're, you know, setting up a new house and all of a sudden there's a mouse in it and you're Mm. pregnant. Fuck. (laughs) Oh my god. Very scary. And number three um, of the diseases that a mouse can give you, three of 11, one of your favorites, plague. Oh yeah, plague. Just plague. So plague is infamous for killing millions of people in Europe during the Middle Ages. We've all heard of it. Uh, Humans usually get plague after being bitten by an infected rodent flea or by handling an animal infected with plague. So mice are like really great carriers for these fleas and they can also be infected with plague. So fuck. So bubonic plague, which is the type that we get from rodent fleas, is characterized by a sudden onset of a fever, chills and weakness, and then swollen, tender, and painful lymph nodes, which are called um, buboes, and that's why it's bubonic mm. plague. Uh, you can you can uh, hop over to our friend podcast. This podcast will kill you uh, to learn more about to learn more about that mm. to learn more about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, if I need to explain to you why bubonic plague is bad, I don't know, I don't know what to say. We clearly haven't done our job very well on, you guys. on this, on this pod. Um, and plague is very serious. It is treatable with commonly available antibiotics, um, if you start getting treated early. But if it doesn't occur to you that you have the fucking plague, why would you go to a doctor? Yeah. And then you're not getting treated early. My neck hurts. I'm sure I don't have the bubonic plague. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be ridiculous. Like, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, but it would never occur to me that I had the bubonic plague. <laughs> I'd be like, that's crazy, Sam. I'm pretty sure I had scarlet fever as a kid. Wow. Yeah. Vintage. That's, yeah, right? <laughs> that's what I thought. Is that what, um, <clears throat> this is a, this is a deep cut question. Is that what Edward Cullen almost died of or was that no, something else? No, I'm really embarrassed to say that I, I know what he died of. What did he die the of? The Spanish flu. Spanish flu. Yeah. Oh, well, similar. Scarlet fever is what, like, all the people on the Oregon Trail died of. Oh, fun. It's the, like, the culmination of, um. Dysentery? No. I didn't have dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You were a sick kid. It's the culmination of. Strep throat, I think. Mm. Like, if you have strep throat for long enough, it develops into that. No fun. No fun at all. All right, so that's just a fun sampling of the diseases that mice can give you. But here's something else you don't think about. Mice can cause extensive damage to structures, furniture, and personal belongings from their gnawing on shit. So these babies love to gnaw and dig, and damage from rodents inflicts $19 billion worth of property damage across the U.S. every year. How? Because they, like, can fuck up foundations of buildings if there's But their teeth them. are so, so, they're so small. No, they're, they're hard, though. They're chewy. And one thing that mice especially love to gnaw on is electrical wiring. And that's obviously bad, because not only can you not use your electric kettle anymore, but then uh, it causes an electrical fire and burns down your house. <gasps> no! Yeah! And uh, finally, the, the last bad thing about mice, maybe the worst part, is their rapid expansion of their population. Mm. So a female mouse... Stop fucking! ...can produce six to eight pups per litter. They're called pups? Yeah. Oh. And then they can have a litter... Five to ten times a year. That's... How many is that? Um, 60. Oh. 60 mice in your house. (laughs) (laughs) And then those mice reach maturity within six weeks, 
And then they start fucking and give put another um sixty mouses near your spouses, and then <laughs> uh, you want to kill yourself. Which... <laughs> it doesn't rhyme, but is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So that leads to me to my question: How do I get rid of them? I know they're bad. How do you have any information on that topic? Because Kenneth is still fucking kicking around. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So the National Pest Management Association estimates that rodents invade 21 million homes in the United States every winter, uh, squeezing through spaces as small as a nickel. <sighs> so how do you stop them from getting into your house? Well, according to my landlord, you cannot. <laughs> but for real. According to cozy management, there's absolutely nothing we can do. And you can take that to the bank. I will not be cutting that out of this podcast. <laughs> But for real, uh, Boston specifically has a massive rodent problem. Uh, In 2016, the city's Inspectional Services Department logged more than 3,500 rodent-related complaints, nearly a 30% increase over the previous two years. And just some fun things that have happened in Boston. A Jamaica Plain restaurant made headlines because one of its workers came down with a case of leptosuprosis, which is a fatal infection caused by exposure to rat urine. No. Which is pretty fun. And this is a disease that is really uh, rarely seen in first world countries. So that's fun that it was in JP. And then around the same time, Governing Magazine dropped a report that showed Boston had surpassed New York in number of in-home rat and mouse sightings. (sighs) Placing us second only to Philadelphia. If I saw a rat, I straight up wouldn't come back here. Yeah. I wouldn't come back. Yeah. I would not come back to this house. Yeah, I'm focusing in on mice for this episode, but when I say rodent, it means both. I can't deal with that. Yeah. I... But they carry in the same diseases. I don't care about that. I don't care about that at all. I can't do rats at all. Mm-hmm. Um, And I won't do them. I mean, I'm not saying... I'm not defending the rat. I just... It, like, <laughs> if I see a mouse, I'm like, ooh, but I'm like... Oh, like, it's a, it's a little cute, and it's, like, I don't want it here, but it doesn't upset me that much. Re- respectfully disagree, but okay. Fair, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. But if I were to see a rat, I would want to set myself on fire. Mm. I would just not be able to cope with it. I think it's because of the tail. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, okay, well, they're both bad. And we have the second most right after Philly. No... Uh, according to U.S. Census data, one in six Boston homes have encounter have had a close encounter of the rodent kind. <laughs> so, obviously, like, you can buy a bunch of traps. But, um, mice are smart, and they actually notice when you put something, like, something new in their environment and avoid it. Because, like... What? Like, they're not smart enough to go, like, clearly, the food in here is, uh, luring me, and it's a trap. Like, they don't get that, but they're like, that's new, I hate it. Uh, which is, I respect, I react to new things like that as well. I don't. You could put, like, you could replace all of my <laughs> stuff with, like, mini muffins, and I wouldn't notice at all. Like, I would just be like, oh, are my sunglasses here? Probably not. Like, you could steal everything I own, I wouldn't notice. Fair enough. Mice notice. So they are avoiding your traps. Um, there is, unfortunately, no credible at science that says ultrasonic anti-mouse devices work. Uh, that's a bummer, because I've purchased one for every room in our apartment. Yeah, there's one right over there. Yeah, there's... I'm not joking when I say there's one in every... Physically every room in our apartment. One pest control worker said in an article I read, quote, Homeowners love the idea that they don't need poison, they don't need those yucky traps, that I can just plug in this magic machine and it chases vermin out of my house. Well, if it were that simple, we wouldn't need a single pest control professional anywhere in the world. 
To which I say, maybe that's true, pest control guy from this Boston.com article, but I don't like it. Yeah. Um, also, here's something fun. So I wrote in here, when I wrote this, um, I've tried to put a lot of peppermint oil in our house and that the internet told me that actually doesn't work either. But then, Allie, yeah, I was you and I were talking to a guy from our apartment management company who had come because we were begging him to because of all the mice. And he was like, that's smart that you made your place smell like peppermint. They don't like that. And I was like, vindication. I was kind of rolling my eyes like, don't encourage her. Or I'm excited. So I put more peppermint oil in my room last night. I have a peppermint migraine. I'm sorry. But it's for the cause. I haven't put it anywhere in the house since that first time we saw Kenneth. That's true, but I don't know how you're not dead from the peppermint. <laughs> I wake up with headaches sometimes, but I sleep at least. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's it. Fuck me up, man. Um, yeah. Just fuck me up. We're in dire straits over here. I'm upset every day I have to listen to a loud podcast to go to sleep. Because in my brain, if they're hearing people talk, they're not going to come into the room because they're like, well, people are talking in there. Um, I don't need you to tell me that that's not true. I'm not saying anything. I need you to not say anything. Exactly. Yep. You're, you're doing perfect. Here for you. Um, I know a little mouse is not going to hurt me. I know. Well, I don't know that now. You just said all the ways that it could. <laughs> I know that it is like, quote unquote, more afraid of me than I am of it. But... I also don't know how that could be true because I am so afraid of it. Yeah. I just imagine you being like, ah, and the mouse being like, ah, <laughs> and you're just both looking at each other, mouths agape, like, ah, into eternity. Which yeah. It's kind of a cute image, actually. <sighs> Sorry this is happening to us, Sam. Nowhere is safe. There's also, um, here's a fun story I haven't told on the podcast. I used to work in a place that was a basement, and it had uh, a lot of mice in it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, my last job had a lot of mice there, and there was one that was living in the little file cabinet that was in my cube, <clears throat> and I knew it because I used to keep snacks in there, and then uh, they ate all my snacks. <gasps> And so... They follow you wherever you go. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare, Allie. Oh. So I um, cleared all the snacks out, obviously. Didn't keep food in there anymore. Was just hungry at work. And then um, I had to pull a lot of late nights for an event I was planning when I worked there. And around midnight, you would start to be able to hear the mouse in <gasps> uh, my file cabinet. So I would always leave around midnight because I was like, well, if he's up. Uh, that's my signal to leave this basement. You were there until midnight? Yeah. Oh my God, why? It was a big event. That's so late. <laughs> that's horrifying. The mouse thought it was late, too. He was telling me to leave. It's but like, they yeah. should hire more people here. Nibble, 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 nibble. <laughs> squeak them. Squeak, squeak. And I'm like, you're you're right, Bertram. And also, fuck! <laughs> no, that's oh. not true. What was the mouse's name at that place? Oh, um, they named they named it Crystal. Mm. They named it Crystal. Crystal. There were a few there, but I only knew one of them had a name, and I knew that name was Crystal. It's a good name for a mouse. Mm-hmm. Mm. And now I'm just chugged, like chugging this Dole Whip because I need it to comfort trying to, me. Trying to forget. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I've been having mine the whole time. Yeah. Mm. So that's mice, you guys. Um, 
Like, when we talked about airplanes, right, and it was the episode where, like, Allie was really afraid of the thing, I had that ending portion when I was like, really, you're okay. I can't do that today. Uh, I just don't have the strength. So, uh, tweet me if it's actually fine. (laughs) Yeah, give us something. And I know that there's some people who keep, like, mice and rats as pets. I find that different, though. Whatever. You're you're inviting them into your home. I think that that's fine. I don't like a surprise mice, mouse, rat anything in my house that I didn't invite in there. We're not trying to come at you. No, do whatever you want with your pets. We just don't want wild animals in our house. Yeah. Hey, horror honeys. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, we hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at I'm Horrified Pod. Your support means the world to us. And if you're not enjoying the show, why are you still listening? Maybe you do like the show. Should we talk about Disney World? I just put down my Dole Whip. I'm ready to talk about Disney World. <laughs> now it's time to talk about the mouse. The mouse, which is different than... The mouse. We're talking about... We're entering, if you will, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> I'm so alone. Hey, um, Mickey. You're so fine. That's not about Mickey, is it? Probably not. I think it's just a song. I feel like I'm sure Disney has bought the rights. <laughs> I remember it playing at the Contemporary Cafe when I was eight. It, where is the Contemporary? Is it Disney World? I forget how little you know. They really don't know that much. <laughs> and I'm going in like a few months and I just don't know that much about Disney. Yeah, no, Sam is and I'm really jealous even though, as I said last episode, I did buy another Disney trip after I came back. Um, Allie, sh- let's talk about the mouse. Shall we dive in? Mm-hmm. So... We're now three weeks away from my return from the WGW, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still not coming down from the mouse panic. <laughs> Would you say, as my roommate and best friend, that it's getting better or worse, do you think? What I would say is I feel it's a new normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's it's not getting better or worse. But I know in my heart it's it's not going to change. It's as if Becky came home as, like, a brony and we just all had to get used to it. Yeah, it's a lot like that. So, in the last couple of weeks, I have, as I said, booked another trip to Disney, learned how to make these Dole Whips that we're now enjoying. They're delicious. Been feeding them to all of our friends. Uh, we've watched Hercules, mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. Both of those slap, by the way. They really still do. Toy Story 3. Saving Mr. Banks, which is kind of propaganda, but I would die for Emma Thompson. The Pixar documentary, which was very interesting. It was interesting. Um, And The Force Awakens, which technically counts. Oh, true. And you watched Brave. And Brave. I forgot about Brave. <laughs> it was on my Amazon receipt, and I was like, nice, yeah, I watched Brave. It's, it's Sam's Amazon, so when I <laughs> have a binge, she kind of knows. Um, Oh, and also I found a pair of Mickey ears that are shaped like the Florida Citrus mascot Orange Bird, and I sent a picture of them to my boyfriend and said that if he didn't buy them for me, I would leave him. So, I'm in a really good place. I'd like to have Chris on this episode and talk about his experience with the mouse. He, at first, thought it was cute. Like, oh, (laughs) babe, like... You love Disney. You miss Mickey. And now he's like, I'm actually pretty concerned about, (laughs) A, our finances, (laughs) and B, your stability. So, (laughs) I just wanted to say that, that this is why this is happening. But I'm going to call this segment... Disney World conspiracies, not because all of these are conspiracies, but because my dear friend Sloth, fan of the podcast, asked me to cover Disney World conspiracies. Oh, nice. So I thought I'd start there. 
Great but suggestion there's, slot. There's so much more I want to talk about in this vein. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff. Conspiracy theory number one. The haunted mansion is actually haunted. Now, this may seem like low-hanging fruit conspiracy theory-wise, mm-hmm. but several of the employees at Disney have said that they hear a little boy laughing and running around after the ride has closed down. I hate that. So either there is an abandoned child in Disney World. That's um, pretty believable. Whose parents are, I mean, dead, I assume. Or it is haunted, and they say that it says, hurry back, which is what the scary ghost lady says at the end of the ride. I hate that. The axe murderer wife uh, bride thing. You know I'm very afraid of ghosts. I know, you're afraid of that one, you said. Yeah. Um, I loved the Haunted Mansion when I was a kid, but most of my memories of the Haunted Mansion are... Um, like my dad's chosen t-shirt of the day mm. because I would full, I was like a little girl when we would go on that. My dad's like a really tall, big guy and I would fully hide myself completely behind absolutely his like shield of body. Yes. So I remember the whole track of it playing in the background, but I was just fully hiding myself mm-hmm. and mostly covering my ears, but I still liked it. Yeah. That's why I'm like the way that I am now, I think. Like, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild that that's what you trace it back to. Yeah. I was like, I want to go on that again, but I hated it, and I tried to shield myself from it. <laughs> and I begged my dad to, to, like, save me from it. And then you were like, again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, conspiracy theory number two. The turkey legs. There have long been rumors that the giant turkey legs they sell at Disney World are made of emu and not turkey. <laughs> I feel like that must be harder to get. So, like, there are two things wrong with this. Yeah. One is, it's not that big of a turkey leg that it coming from a turkey defies imagination. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, the size of your forearm. (laughs) And then, B, can you imagine how much more money it would cost to slaughter thousands of emus? Yeah. Every month? And there's no way we wouldn't know about it. There's no way. And there's no way they wouldn't just sell them as emu legs, because people would pay... Yeah, you would pay like a hundred dollars for an emu leg. I I wouldn't. <laughs> Somebody would do that though. Um, there's like a thousand Disney Food Channels. Yeah, some bored dad would be like, they would do yeah, it. I can't ride the teacup, so let's do this. Number three, it's a small world hanging. In 1999, the ride "It's a Small World" was abruptly stopped, and riders were ushered off. This very rarely happens, as usually when there is a delay, you're asked to remain seated. This has happened to me a couple times. Yeah. It happened to me on Splash Mountain at the point where all the animatronic animal critters were, like, laughing, like, ha, 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 And then it started, like, going in a loop. Oh, no. And it was, like, the beginning of Get Out. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Um, but And then I was like, if there's something wrong, we're about to go over the splash. Like, what if they don't actually fix it and then the splash kills us? It, it ended up okay. It, it was fine. So... They asked them all to leave, um, and several people, bleh, no, and when they got outside, there were police and ambulances. Mm-hmm. Several people have said that they saw what appeared to be a body hanging from the ceiling as they left that day. Damn. And we will never know the truth. Feels like it would be hard to do that quickly. No, I mean, the truth is probably that somebody got, like, injured. Yeah. Or maybe died, like, in a way that they didn't want people to see it. Yeah. But I don't think that that's true. 
All right, number four. Here's the money. Frozen Walt Disney. Woo! It is true that Walt Disney was very interested in the theory of cryogenics. Mm -hmm. This, coupled with his massive fortune, led people to believe that he had himself cryogenically frozen, and some people even say that his frozen body lays asleep under Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland. Oh, that'd be lit. It would be thematically, you know, aligned. The only problem with this is that he was cremated two days after he died. Well. So they say. (laughs) I say. Of course that's what. Waltzicle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that joke's been made, but I, I thought of it on my own. I'm into it. If that's worth anything to you guys. It is. Okay, number, I didn't number these, so I forget what number this is. Five. Number five. There are real bones on the Pirate of the Caribbean ride. Whoa. Pirate of the Caribbean ride? Pirates of the Caribbean ride. That's a totally different ride. <laughs> One pirate. I mean, that's what the, the movies have become all about Jack Sparrow. That's so that true. could be a, a commentary on the way that the movies have they, the ride. They added a bunch of Jack Sparrow animatronics into the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and I'm against that. But oh, that's, that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> That's a um, whole other episode. So, okay, real bones. There's nothing to this one besides the fact that, like, that's the conspiracy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that there are real bones on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Although, I have read a few articles saying that Imagineers have backed this up. Oh. Because there's an old pirate legend that you sleep on the bones of your enemies, so they actually put real human bones in the ride somewhere. But whose bones would those be? Like, who are the like enemies a crazy of Disney? thing to do. But, like, my question isn't, like, whether or not they did it. It's, like, who who would those bones be from? Uh, uh, Tim Nickelodeon, the founder of Nickelodeon. Yeah, somebody from Universal Studios. <laughs> but not even, like, a higher up, just, like, a dad who <laughs> went to Universal guy. Studios. Um, number six? Maybe. Cat employees. <laughs> what? <laughs> Disneyland in Anaheim has a huge feral cat problem. That's the truth. That's not a conspiracy. It's very easy to see if you're there. Interesting. There was a rumor for many years that Disney released the cats into the park to control a rodent problem. I believe that could be true. Mouse panic episode, you guys. We give the people what they want. That actually sounds like a really good plan, but that isn't the truth. There's just a lot of feral cats. Oh. However, they're not really trying to get rid of them. I think they have the ones that they can find spayed, Mm -hmm. but they are allowed to be there. Oh, that's nice. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of my conspiracy theories, but to eat up the time, I thought I'd talk about deaths and accidents. Woo! I'm horrified. In 1979, a woman went on Space Mountain, and the ride stopped. Nope. And when the ride stopped, she felt so sick that she couldn't get out of her seat. Oh no. And they went to go find help for her. Unfortunately, they didn't notify the ride operators fast enough, and since she was still in the seat, they sent her on the ride again. Oh no! Oh, ma'am. Now, usually, a free second ride on Space Mountain... Would be great. ...is amazing. But after the second ride, she fell unconscious and subsequently into a coma, and she died that week. Of what? I don't know. Too much fun? I would. (laughs) Her family sued Disney, but nothing came of it because her actual cause of death was a tumor. Um... In the 90s, I think, there was a four-year-old child who climbed over the fence of Cinderella Castle into the moat and drowned as a result. Oh, that's sad. That mom also sued Disney, but the court found Disney and the mother equally to blame, Mm. which I kind of agree with, but it's still extremely sad. Here's a crazy one. Sam, do you know what the people mover is? 
It's just like a cart thing, yeah. You couldn't be more wrong. Oh. No words can describe <laughs> the exhilaration of the people mover. <laughs> it is the best ride in Tomorrowland, and I will fight with my fists anyone who disagrees. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know, it is basically a slow-moving <laughs> tram is the word I would use. A cart thing tram, yeah. Disrespectful. <laughs> um... Put some respect on the people movers' name. Yeah, and it it just moves you, a person, around Tomorrowland. Okay. Slowly, with explanations of what it is that you're seeing. Okay. It has no story and no plot. Um, It's my dad's favorite ride at Disney World. <laughs> uh, the idea that this ride could kill someone is fully beyond me. Sounds ludicrous. But it did happen. How? On a graduation night in the park... A recent high school graduate was climbing from car to car and fell backwards. Oh, my God. A number of cars crushed him beneath their wheels. Oh, my God. And dragged his body hundreds of feet before the ride was turned off. The people who were killed a recent grad. Can you imagine a slower death? Can you imagine, like, oh, Monica, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. What happened? Well... (laughs) I don't like talking about it. Here's why. Um, moving on. The Matterhorn, which is in Disneyland in Anaheim, not Disney World, is basically a raging death machine. Um, it used to be like, um, what are they called? It's like a, it's like a luge thing. Okay. It used to be more like a luge, like I think it was one person each mm-hmm. in a bobsled. Now it's, I think, on a track of some kind. But in 1964, a 15-year-old stood up and fell out of his car and died in the coming days. Yikes. And in 1984, a young girl didn't have her seatbelt fastened by a worker and was thrown oh from the ride in front of a different car and also died. Oh my god. So, that sucks. It's no good. Okay, I can't even get into the details of this last one, because it's so upsetting and so recent, but in 2016, at the Grand Floridian, a bunch of you probably know this, an alligator snatched a tiny child from the beaches. I did hear about this. What the fuck? That's a nightmare. That's a that living nightmare. That is a fucking living nightmare. And any when I was recently in Florida, um, did you guys know when I was in Florida? <laughs> um... I was always like, oh, I really want to see an alligator. Like, we didn't see anyone when we were there. A fun part about Florida is that when you're driving on the highway, you just see alligators. And the less fun part, I'm assuming, is when you break down on the highway and it eats yeah. you. But my mom kept being like, don't say that. It makes me think about the, the child who was eaten Ugh. by an alligator at Disney. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the one who keeps bringing that up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mom. Okay, and to end this segment, I'm going to meld the conspiracy and Death Train together, there are a few rumors about someone's head being taken off on Space Mountain. I've heard this. I am here to say no. It didn't happen. That did not happen. Put it in the conspiracy theory bin. It's not true. All right. So now we move on to overall social concerns. Mm. This is where I'd love you to jump in, Sam. Yes. Because I don't have any facts about this. I looked up. I tried to research... The science behind the obsession surrounding the Disney brand, Mm -hmm. all I found was, like, Odyssey Online articles, Mm -hmm. like, 10 ways to know that you have Disney Obsessive Disorder, which is an inappropriate way to phrase that. Yeah. But I was interested in a real deep dive into why... Yeah, I'm surprised somebody hasn't done 
like, a study on... Yeah, there's a couple that got close that we'll link to, but, okay, where to start? I mean, I love Disney, and Mm -hmm. I love it so much that I'm not even going to trash the brand right now, although there is plenty to trash. Absolutely. But the more interesting thing to me to talk about now, the thing that actually scares and upsets me, is why people become so crushingly obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, it's all you do, it's all you post about on social media, it's all you wear, it's all the things you have in your house, Mm -hmm. it's all you talk about, like, that is your personality. Disney is your personality. Yeah. And this is is the thing, is that you can be that way about a lot of things. Like, I'm thinking of a news story that I watched on the internet once about a woman who dressed up as Hello Kitty every day and everything she had was pink or had Hello Kitty on it. Yes. And, like, that's not great either. Why am I not talking about that? Why aren't you spreading the rude wealth out, Ali? But this, I think, is different because it's a subculture in itself and it's also something that you can attend and be immersed within. Mm Mm-hmm. So some fandoms are like that. Like, you can go to conventions, you can cosplay. I think Harry Potter is like that. Harry Potter is like that, especially now that Harry Potter world exists. Mm -hmm. But it's... I think the thing that I'm trying to say is it's not about the content as much as it is about the experience in the theme parks. Yeah. Like, a lot of the people who are obsessed with it... I mean, they're obsessed with the Disney movies, sure. Yeah, That's definitely part of it. But this, the obsession with being at Disney, mm-hmm. in Disney, is a separate obsession. Yeah, I, I buy that. Do you buy that? Um, so, and there, there's something you can go and live inside for days or weeks at a time in a, in a more socially acceptable way. Like, I don't think cosplaying is necessarily socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. But Disney bounding is. Do you guys know what Disney bounding is? I know, but I don't know if they know. Disney bounding is when you, like, dress up inspired by a character. So you want to be Ariel, but instead of being Ariel, you wear green jeans and a purple crop top. Yes. I've been following a lot of Disney bounding Instagrams lately. I mean, they do a great job. For research purposes, of course. Of course. Not for my own personal gain. You sent me one the other day that was the drunk um, loot player from Sleeping Beauty, and it was <laughs> one of the best, like, niche. <laughs> well, I was saying to you, like, you will Disney bound as him. <laughs> I've decided. I'm in. You're just so his vibe. <laughs> but I don't even, I don't even know how to categorize it. It just feels like a different echelon. Yeah. And I hope you guys know what I'm talking about. And I think... I think the reason I'm so interested in it is because I am being affected by it. Yeah. And I've come back in a full post-Disney depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just interested in why it is so effective. Yeah. Why it is so capturing mm-hmm. when you're there. Um, because I think the experience definitely does lead to that cult following. Yeah. When we're sitting here drinking a fucking Dole Whip that I made. Oh, yeah, mine's long gone. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I haven't been back to Disney since I was probably 13. Um, So you've been way more recently than me, but something that I remember about it is that it was just, like, it was, like, everything there... Perfect in every way. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. was no garbage. 
It doesn't smell bad. Nothing was dirty. Nothing smelled bad. Everyone was happy. No one was rude to you even a little bit. If you even thought to yourself, like, oh, I'm starting to get hungry, like, there was already a snack booth right in front of you. Like, yeah. it's just such a curated experience of being alive in a way that the real world, there's no effort and thoughtfulness put into how the real world works. But I think... But everything... No, that's okay. Everything in Disney is so, so much thought was put into every step that you're taking that, like, you want to find that perfection and that meaning when you leave, and it doesn't exist. Yeah, I completely agree. And the one step further that I would take is when you said... It's a curated, a perfectly curated experience of being alive. I would say it's a perfectly curated experience of being a child. Yeah. Everyone is kind to you. I mean, obviously, this is not every child's experience. Yes. Of course. But that's perfectly, like... But as a child, what you either had or should have had, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as, as an innocent child, is everyone is kind to you, everyone is looking out for your best interests, and all of your needs are taken care of. Yeah. And I think that is more of a pervasive aspect to Disney than I think people talk about a lot. I think they talk a lot about, you know, you know, Peter Pan, you never have to grow up and Mm -hmm. it's time to be a kid again. And, but it's more like, yay, cut loose, have fun. And it's less about being an adult is so upsetting sometimes. Yeah. And it's really traumatic to release childlike aspects of yourself Mm -hmm. and take on new responsibilities of adulthood. And I think the idea that so many people are struggling with that and turning to this in a way, Mm -hmm. not everyone. No. And not totally. Like, this isn't the whole reason why I love Disney. I love Disney because I fucking love Dole Whips and all that stuff. And I have nice memories with my family there. But then there's also a part of me that's like, I've been very depressed this year. Mm -hmm. I've had a really hard year. Mm -hmm. And I was able to actually not just like feel like a kid again, but like feel like a child again. I really was able to do that. And then you just have to come back where people are shitty to you and Mm -hmm. you have to pay rent and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's really like unnerving to think about that don't you think yeah I think it's upsetting it's upsetting to think about how deeply sad that is Mm -hmm. and it's makes me sad about myself and it makes me sad about the girls I see from my high school on Instagram who all they post about is Disney because it's like what's going on I don't know maybe nothing maybe nothing's going on and they just love it but it's like what do you need to get away from Mm mm-hmm that only this is going to let you do. Yeah. And it's really hard to think about, I think. Mm. So, I don't know. It has an allure. It's kind of arresting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've just been fascinated by it. Because yeah. I'm, in, I'm in its throes. Yeah. I'm you're fully really in it. you're really feeling it. I'm not judging anyone else because I can't because I'm experiencing it. And I think I feel that way about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that way about, you know... Like, when I'm sick, I want to feel like a little kid. Yeah. And I want somebody to make me soup. Yeah. And then, like, adults are able to let people take care of them then. And, like, sometimes I like being sick. Yeah. Do I have Munchausen's by proxy? No, that's different. No, I need a person to inflict pain upon. You could have Munchausen's. I could have Munchausen's. Oh, my God. If anyone had Munchausen's, it would be me. (laughs) No, No proxy about it, baby. 
You could be my proxy. Oh my god. <laughs> Would you still poison? I could take you to the emergency room and be like, she's sick. <laughs> Shave all your hair off. That's not funny. She lived, that girl. Yeah. Dee Dee Blanchard is alive. I can make fun of that. No, uh, Dee Dee Blanchard is dead. Oh, it's the other one. <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard. We're gonna need to cut that out. Got her mom murdered. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else do I say? I'm in a dark place because I know in my heart that I can never truly get back to the light. Wow. <laughs> Sam's like so scared. <laughs> that was that was a scary uh, note to end this on. That's not what I was gonna say. What I was going to say is, it's either really innocent and lovable, or it's indicative of one of the greatest pains of existence. Yeah. And it's kind of both. And it's both, yeah. So, that's Disney, I think. That's Disney. I don't know what else to say. And then, I wanted to end this on a happier note, because, on the other hand, like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Like, if you have the money for it. And you're not going to go into debt um, or, you know, like, max out your credit card, which I would never do. I would never never. do that. Like, who am I to say what your coping mechanisms are? Maybe it's not a coping mechanism. Why am I putting this on people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that everyone wants to feel... I think everyone is looking to feel... Everyone in the world is looking to feel safe and taken care of, whatever that means to them. Yeah. And I think that the experience that Disney provides resonates with a lot of people as this is what feeling safe and taken care of feels like. Not for everyone in the world. You're totally right. Because for a lot of people, it's their worst nightmare. Like crowds and little kids running around everywhere and it's hot and all that kind of stuff. But you're right. It taps into a general feeling of nurture. Yeah. So I think then that's... 100% understandable and okay to love it and seek it out and want to go back. But then I think the trick is to not facing a full post-Disney depression is to find things in real life that give you a similar feeling of I am safe and my needs are being met. And like, it won't be a full week of always feeling that you're safe and your needs are being met like when you're on vacation, but you look for like the people and the experiences in your hometown, in your work, in your loved ones, that will give you that feeling as well. And I think ultimately, no matter what situation you're in, you have to be able to get to the point where at least some of that can come from yourself solely. Yeah. Like, even if you have a really loving partner and you have a really stable family base or, you know, great friends, like, that's all wonderful and everyone deserves that. But I think the other side of the coin of it's really traumatic and hard to grow up is if you put the work in and earn your individual strength, that feeling of security that comes from inside yourself is stronger than anything you could get as a child. Yeah. Because you're giving it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And everyone's capable of doing that. It just might take a little longer for some than for others. Yeah. And I think everyone is struggling with that, no matter what age they are. Yeah. And if you are struggling with that, it's totally fine, and everyone else is. Mm -hmm. I think people my parents' age and older than that are still struggling with that. Oh, yeah. So that's why Disney is so popular, I think. I think so. And don't be embarrassed for liking that feeling and going towards things that give it to you. 
I agree. Be that going to Disney World or other stuff. Yeah. No shame, man. No shame about the things we like. No shame about the things we like ever. Yeah. Agreed. That's making me think of that girl on our Twitter who was like, I started reading this romance novel and I love it and I fucking love it. (laughs) I know. I'm not ashamed of it. (laughs) I was so proud. I tweeted back and forth with her a little bit um, because she was like, the other books in the series aren't as good, but I'm still listening to them. And I was like, no, you just have to find out what happens with Joan's friends. I get it. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Try when a Scott ties the knot next. Um. So we say that and we say, don't be scared of being scared. No. Be scared of mice, though. A little bit, yeah. You yeah. should be a little scared. A little. Um, ghosts. I still don't agree with you on that. Okay, well, what I'm saying is if a ghost popped up right now, you'd be scared. You wouldn't be like, oh, what's up, fucker? Like, you'd freak out. Uh, we can end the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the day that the two of us are confronted with a ghost, and I, you know, speak to it rationally, <laughs> That's... and I treat it like the, a human being... It's not a human being, Allie! It was. (laughs) I think. I mean... Yeah, no, that's every ghost. (laughs) They had a life. How dare you? This made me think of the pirate ghost husband that we talked about in our... um, Oh, yes. Ghost Weddings episode. Mrs. Teague. Whatever that happened. I hope she's well. I bet she fucking loves Disney. I bet she does. (sighs) All right, did we do enough? I've done all I can. I don't know if it was enough. No, I'm tapped out. But I've done everything I could do today. So, until next week, um, you know, clutch to what comforts you and stay horrified. Stay horrified!